0: Welcome to She's Running, the podcast all about women who are running for office, from school board to Senate and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson. Today's guest is Kelsey Waits, who is running for school board in Hastings, Minnesota. Right now, two words are flooding social media, Me Too. On Sunday afternoon, Alyssa Milano tweeted that all the women who have been sexually harassed or assaulted should write Me Too as a status. Then we might be able to see the magnitude of the sexual assault problem in this country. In 24 hours, the hashtag had been tweeted nearly half a million times and more than six million people were discussing it on Facebook. Women are speaking up for themselves and for those of us who can't yet speak up. Thousands of women are sharing the details of their stories. Even more are just sharing the two words. Of course, we've seen it before yes, all women in 2014, hashtags, of course, won't solve the problem. But when millions of women and men are talking about their sexual assault and abuse, it at the very least brings the conversation out of hushed places and into the light. Of course, as comedian Aparna Nancharla said, we need to turn Me Too into I Believe You. And for I Believe You to become a part of everyday life. Well, you're getting into the the final stretch of your campaign here, aren't you? Yeah, it was um,
1: election days four weeks from yesterday. So that's that's
0: exciting. And nerve wracking. (laughs) Well, and you got a pretty good endorsement from women winning the big women's pack. Yes they are a nonpartisan group that
1: supports pro-choice women so
0: So. did they just find you or did you like
1: apply I applied okay um and then I continued to give them campaign updates for Mm -hmm. about a month and then they contacted me and let me know that they were giving an endorsement well that's really cool yeah it was pretty exciting so that was that was exciting
0: Now, do you get anything from that or just like publicity from them?
1: Um, No, they actually gave me $600 as well, which is the campaign limit that Mm -hmm. we're allowed to accept from an individual donor for this race. So they have me on their website. They'll contact their members and let them know that there's someone in their district that they're endorsing Mm -hmm. and then financial support as well. And then they've also given me advice if I've needed any advice and if I've had any questions that I have to ask, which Emily's List has been doing as well and they've mm-hmm. been fantastic and I've sent them proofs of you know what I'm making and they go through and make some edits for me and it's been great. Really?
0: Mm-hmm. That's really helpful I would imagine.
1: Yeah it's been they've been wonderful. Oh, so. Awesome.
0: Um, okay so let's officially introduce you here. So who are you and for what are you running?
1: My name is Kelsey Waits, and I am running for school board in Hastings, Minnesota. And uh, this is my first time running, so.
0: And where is Hastings?
1: It's about 30 minutes southeast of the Twin Cities. Okay. So we're right on the Mississippi River. We're one of the little river cities.
0: What made you decide to run for school board?
1: You know, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I I get this question a lot, and I feel like I have to kind of dig deep for this (laughs) answer, and it's not it's not an easy answer. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when I was little, I had this idea that I was fearless, you know, that I could accomplish anything, that I could be anything that I wanted, could be the first female president, you know, you name it. And somewhere along the line, I lost that confidence, whether it was society convincing me that, you know, I, I had to be perfect in order to do something, that I had to have all the qualifications in order to do something. And I kept seeing my limitations and seeing how I wasn't qualified to run for office and what I didn't have. And I'm too young or I'm too new to the community or people like my husband better. He should run. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then November 8th happened. I think that's a lot of our story. Mm-hmm. And um, I woke up, you know, I realized that my backseat in politics and my excuse making just wasn't working. And... If I wanted to make a difference, I needed to be a part of the change. And I started getting more politically active. And I realized that all of these reasons I had convinced myself I couldn't run were actually my strengths and exactly why I should run. And I'm young. I have young kids. They're the next generation of kids going through the school system. I can relate to the parents who are currently in the schools versus being retired and relating to people who don't have kids in the school district anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm new to the community, I can look at the long-term problems with a fresh perspective that people who've lived here forever can't offer. And you know, as far as people liking my husband more, I think that's one of those things. You know, I'm a woman and I'm a strong-willed, outspoken woman, which can be pretty threatening, but in our district. The superintendent is male, the six principals are male, all of the assistant principals are male, and six out of seven of the school board members are male. Mm -hmm. So when teachers are such a female-dominated field, why are there not female voices in the leadership roles? And so these things that I thought were limiting me, I realized were exactly why I should run. And so I jumped into it.
0: Okay. Um, confession. I think we may be secret soulmates. <laughs> because a lot of what you said is very applicable to me, too. You, you sound like you have a, a long history of either being political or wanting to be political. Have you, have you always wanted to, to run for something?
1: You know, I did. When I was little, I used to say I'd, I'd be the first woman president. And I had this dream that I was going to conquer the world. And it was going to be amazing. and I don't know what happened Mm -hmm. to that little girl, but it's always been there. I guess I just always convinced myself that I wasn't the right person for that. You know, I I have a master's degree in statistics. I was that weird math kid. Mm -hmm. Weird math kids don't run for political office. You know, that's just, that's not the role that I was supposed to be in. And so somewhere along the line, I convinced myself that my voice wasn't important and that was a mistake.
0: All right. So I also wanted to be president when I was little, <laughs> and I have a master's in experimental psychology, which is oh. statistics for psychology.
1: Yes, it is. I have my undergrad in psychology, uh-huh. so yeah. I was trying to decide where I would do my graduate school, and my professor said I just needed to do statistics, and then I could do whatever psychology I wanted from there. So
0: so why did you pick school board instead of like city council or, or something else? So I have
1: two young kids,
0: mm-hmm. and...
1: My oldest daughter, she, she had started at school, and this is one of our biggest obstacles. She's homeschooled, mm-hmm. which I keep getting asked, why are you running for school board? And, and she's why I'm running for school board. And she had gone to school in preschool mm-hmm. and had given herself an ulcer due to severe anxiety. Oh my gosh. It was just so bad and things didn't improve until she came out of school for summer break. And so we said, okay, she needs to be home. And we tried to send her back and then it was migraines. And so we've kept her home and that's what's best for her. And it works for us. We can make that work. I was already home with my youngest and you know, we hadn't planned on needing me to to work and earn a salary. And so for us, we could make homeschooling work and I was willing to do it and it was fine. But there are so many families that either homeschooling doesn't fit with their Mm -hmm. family life or they can't afford for someone to leave work financially to do homeschooling. And so for those kids that are in the public school system and struggle, I want to be able to advocate for those kids and make sure that they have the services that they
0: need. What has the process of running for office been like for you so far? (laughs)
1: Exhaust. You know, we've been doing a lot of door knocking and trying to fundraise money, but it's it's been very tiring. And my husband works swing shift, and so sometimes he's on nights, and then he switches to days. And now for the past couple weeks and for the next month and a half, he's on nights for 12-hour shifts, six days a week. And so the kids actually come with me campaigning mm-hmm. and door knocking. And it's really exhausting trying to bring a four-year-old and a seven-year-old with you while you're walking down the road. And knocking on all the houses and trying to say, "No, please, please walk this way." Um, it's been stressful, and it's been good, you know, I've met so many people, and I've gotten to hear so many stories. And I was terrified of going door to door because I'm an introvert. And I was so afraid, and it's been wonderful. And I've loved hearing stories. And now I just get so excited when I get to talk to people and learn new things about them and I get home and I tell Chris about all of the great people I just met and I don't know these they've just been hiding in this city and I would have never found them if I hadn't been trying to knock on
0: every door. Mm-hmm. What has surprised you the most about running for office?
1: Um, well I guess I had kept telling myself it's just school board this won't be a big deal election. Mm-hmm. And the amount of work that even this small election is was really surprising to me. And I'm also surprised at how much I enjoy it. And, but you know what I think the biggest surprise was? I tried to take my husband door knocking with me. And I said, OK, you do these houses and I'll do these houses. And people love you. So I want you to door knock for me. Everyone always loves you. And you know what? They didn't. <laughs> they did not. And he was like, no one ever wants to talk to me. And I was like, well, that's weird. I've been stuck at this one house because they never want to let me leave. And that people actually respond to me better than him. Mm -hmm. And that's not how I saw that going because I've convinced myself. He and I have been together for almost 13 years now. And um, I've convinced myself over these 13 years that people just like him more. And um, apparently that's not true. So I kind of thought that was fun.
0: (laughs) That is. So do you have a team that works with you?
1: Um, I have a couple friends Mm -hmm. who volunteer with me, and I make my husband do a lot of work for me. Um, He's free. But mostly I do it. You know, I have a hobby. Photography is one of my big hobbies, so I'm really good at Photoshop. So I've been able to make, you know, whatever sort of campaign materials I want to make or things like that. And I have friends that I contact for advice. I have a city council member. A uh, friend, and she's given me great advice, and I have contacted Emily's List with questions, or Women Winning with questions, and they have also been great. And um, I went to I went to Wellesley College, and we have a Facebook group for alums who are running for office, and so whenever we have questions, we reach out there as well, and you know they can give advice and kind of walk you through things, and it's kind of like a, a little bit of everyone is helping me. Mm-hmm.
0: So why you? Why should people support you for this position?
1: Well, the two things I'm pointing out are the things that I thought weakened me, and that was that I'm young and that I'm new. And our community is having a problem. We're having low enrollment issues, and so for over a decade now, our our student numbers have been going down, and we lose budget. They don't seem to be working aggressively to fix it. They're kind of just waiting for it to plateau. And one of the reasons that we're having this issue is that younger families like my family aren't moving here mm-hmm. and the community is getting older. And so as someone who chose to come here as a young family, I feel like I can offer our government a new perspective on how to maybe tackle this issue and coming up with new ideas and new vision and trying to get more movement instead of just complacency.
0: Mm-hmm. So you've said that you believe in using research and data to support your decision making. Yep. So what does that mean as far as being on the school board?
1: Well, so one thing that I've pointed out is I want to look at the long-term effects of these decisions that we're making, especially as we're doing budget cuts. But I feel like a lot of times budget cuts are made for what's convenient now, and not necessarily looking at the long-term effects of what those decisions may make. So for example, our school board relatively recently had decided to cut media specialists from our libraries, which is essentially like cutting a very well-trained, well-certified librarian for people who are unaware of the media specialist term. And while that was a good way to cut it then because our, our circulation numbers were down at the library, long-term, that actually has a really big effect on schools and having certified librarians and a strong library system is one of the best predictors of academic success and increasing library staffing increases reading proficiency scores and things like that. Now our elementary schools where they've recently cut these media specialists are having decreasing reading proficiency numbers. Now, whether the two are related, I would have to look into more detail. But for now, it's an interesting trend to see, you know, when the proficiency scores started dropping and when the media specialists were cut. But I feel like long term wise, cutting the media specialists has a big impact on students and that may not have been the best cut to make. But that's something that you'd want to look at these research studies and what they tell us Are the really successful important programs to be keeping and which programs maybe have less of a long-term negative impact on the students.
0: That's really interesting about the media specialists you know being linked to student achievement.
1: Yeah there was actually one study that showed and this was controlling for other variables which is important to note that if there was a certified librarian on staff 35% more fourth graders scored proficiently in reading. Whoa. Yeah. It's a pretty big deal.
0: Yeah. So is this race a partisan race? This is a nonpartisan race. Okay. Are you running against an incumbent or is it, you know, several newcomers or anything?
1: Yep. There are, we, we do our school district. They're all at large positions. Okay. So we're not divided up into different districts within our school district. And there are three open seats this year, and there are four of us running, and only one is an incumbent.
0: So how can people get involved with your campaign if they're interested?
1: Oh, um, I have a Facebook page that people are welcome to follow me at. I mean, if you're in Minnesota, I would love volunteers to help me do literature drops or door knocking or making phone calls to remind people to get out to vote. My Facebook page, if you look me up, it's Kelsey Waits MN for Minnesota <laughs> and I, I usually put I don't know just little things on there I'm not super political on there but I'll post cute pictures of my kids door knocking so <laughs> if you just want to see cute pictures of kids last time my littlest one went out in a pumpkin suit
0: oh gosh and, that's so um,
1: cute <laughs> we were door knocking and everyone was confused and thought we were trick-or-treating <laughs> nope just door knocking with a pumpkin suit on <laughs>
0: How have they liked assisting with your campaign? You know what? They love
1: it. Yeah. So it makes it go slower, which kind of drives me nuts because, you know, they want to play in every leaf pile that they find on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. But I have this video on actually on my campaign site of my oldest daughter and she was seven and it was after two hours of door knocking And she's just saying, you're the best mommy ever because you let us go around and knock on people's doors. (laughs) And I was just like, I'm sorry, I just kept you out here for two hours (laughs) dragging you around. We probably walked a mile and a half and you're calling me the best mommy ever. Oh, that's sweet. They like it and they have buttons that they want to wear all the time and uh, T-shirts and they think it's fun.
0: Okay, one last question. So what advice do you have for women who are thinking about jumping in to politics and running for office? Just
1: do it. Honestly, I did not plan on doing this. I told myself I was going to run for office, but I was going to wait a couple years. I was going to wait until I had all the qualifications, Mm -hmm. which women do too much. You know, they say that women won't apply for jobs unless they reach all the qualifications, but men will apply for jobs if they hit something like 25% of the qualifications. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous, the disparity between women and men. So I told myself I was going to wait a couple years, and then it was the last day of filing, and only two people had filed, and I knew that there were three spots open. So I said, okay, I'm just going to jump in. I'm just going to do it. And then someone else had the same idea that day. So now there are four of us. But it was great. I just, I didn't let myself think about it. I told myself I was going to do it. And I immediately drove to the district office and I signed up to file and then it was done. I couldn't take it back. It was on the table. And then I knew I was all in. And I think as an over planner, which I'm usually very type A, and I usually will not do anything without thinking about it. You know, in full detail and having a 10 step plan for every day of the campaign. And I just did it. And sure, it made it a little rocky at the beginning. And maybe for the first week or two, I was, you know, getting these questions about why are you running? And I hadn't even had time to solidify a good answer to give to people. And I was working it all out. But I think it's the best thing that I ever did. It didn't let me worry too much. It didn't let me be afraid. It didn't let me second guess myself. I just did it. And I think, I think women need to do that more often. I mean, men are doing it. Mm -hmm. We need to do it. That is
0: great advice. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me and fitting me into your extremely busy schedule.
1: I know this was my, (laughs) I had a school board meeting tonight. And then I ran away from the school board meeting to go to a library board meeting. And then I was saying goodbye to them as I was texting you <laughs> on my way. And I was like, guys, I really got to go. You have to stop talking to me. I'm supposed to be going to this podcast. So all of a sudden, my life is really crazy and really busy. But in four weeks, it should, it should slow down a bit. Uh,
0: just a little bit. Well, go enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks so much for chatting with me. I really appreciate it.
1: Yep. Thank you.
0: And that's it for today. Big thanks to Kelsey Waits for chatting with me. Check her out at Kelsey Waits MN on Facebook. Podcast plug here. Check out my friend Amy's podcast, Fun Facts, this week. They've got a very special guest, me. Amy, Carrie, and I chat about LSD, birth control, and Title IX. You'll never guess which one of these topics we disagree on. It is a grand old time. You can find the episode on iTunes and on FunFactsPodcast.com. Thanks for listening. If you would like a She's Running campaign button, go rate, review, and subscribe to She's Running on iTunes. Then shoot me an email at She'sRunningPod at gmail.com and I'll send you a button. It's really that easy. You can find and follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at, at She's RunningPod. And once again, huge shout out to my sister Morgan for keeping all the content fresh and awesome on our Facebook channel. And that's it for today. Thanks. Talk to you soon.